Hello, this is Adrian Nolan-Smith, and today we'll be mapping patient advocacy on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Adrienne Nolan-Smith. Adrienne healed herself from chronic Lyme disease at 13 years old, working with various integrative therapies after antibiotics could not help. You'll hear more of Adrian's personal and health journey in our amazing conversation, which will make it clear why she decided to devote herself to patient advocacy and pledge to fix the healthcare system by making integrative health and the pursuit of a root cause the standard for everyone everywhere. Adrienne spent several years working in healthcare technology with hospitals so she could see the problem from the front lines before founding WellBe. She holds a BA from John Hopkins, an MBA from the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University, and is a board-certified patient advocate. Adrian and I were slotted to speak about urinary tract infections or UTIs in today's episode, but I quickly realized that she had so much wisdom to share about the role of patient advocacy in our healthcare system, and I switched course. You may hear mention of UTIs, but tune in as Adrian shares her keen perspective on the important role of the patient in all of our ecosystems. Adrian, thank you for your advocacy and welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. I know that your passion around this topic started with your own personal experience. It would be great if you could talk about your history and how the UTIs manifested in that storm. Sure. So UTIs actually were not one of my triggering events to get into healthcare, but certainly I was able to see that when getting a few that it was very connected to when my immune system was compromised anyway from other things and helped me to connect the dots between a lot of different things and to see that I had some underlying issues to deal with, not just treat each UTI as it sort of came up. But really my health history is based on, and what I'm doing now is based on a couple of different events, which included having Lyme disease and then having to go to, you know, before functional medicine, so more of an integrative medicine, um, natural medicine route to heal it once antibiotics did not reduce my symptoms. It also included having uh, two years of amenorrhea, which mm. is loss of menstruation. And then the biggest reason was actually losing my mom following a three-year battle with schizoaffective disorder, which threw me and her, or threw her into the mental health care system in this country, which is just, if you, ha- if you don't know anything about it, it's mm-hmm. kind of just as bad and just as girl interrupted as you might think it is. She ended up taking her life when I was 25. And the whole experience happened about two weeks before, uh, a week before Christmas and two weeks before my applications for business school were due. Never thought that my previous experiences with Lyme and amenorrhea 
were going to become my career. And it wasn't until I lost my mom that I realized that I needed to switch careers and make this my kind of ride or die mission to see the healthcare system change and to see, especially for chronic conditions, both physical and mental, a root cause approach. And, you know, functional medicine certainly is that kind of medicine. So whether it's completely functional or just, you know, root cause medicine or holistic medicine in general, um, becoming the way that we treat chronic disease in this country, um, we have a lot of work to do, all of us, but that's really my my mission. And that's why I became a board certified patient advocate. When I was graduating, I had my very first UTI ever, and it was on an airplane. It was the one of the worst days I think I've ever had as far as pain. I haven't had any major acute injuries, and I'll never forget how awful it was. And I kind of looked into it, like, why am I now having this? And there were a few different reasons, but I had been you know, drinking a lot on that trip, mm. not drinking nearly enough water, you know, eating lots of unhealthy foods, uh, all kinds of things like that. And and also I had just let my immune system really get worn down in school, both from, I think, the grief and stress of the loss, as well as just kind of feeling this, you know, life is short kind of thing and just right. doing not really caring for myself appropriately. And it really all came kind of crashing down right after school. And my body was trying to show me in various ways that hadn't been a problem for, you know, maybe ever, right, without not having ever had a UTI or just things that hadn't been an issue for me in years, all kind of popping up and showing me that there were issues. And uh, it took, you know, several months of eating well again and you know, just calming down stress and taking, you know, supplements and herbs more regularly, drinking a lot of water, getting good sleep. So it just shows how resilient your body is. You don't need to go from, you know, 100 to zero as far as how you live your life. You just have to calm things down a bit for your immune system to gain some control back. It was a good lesson. Like I never am going to let it go those those many months of just kind of like a whatever approach to living and how I treat my body because it took a lot of work to get it back and now right. I don't want to lose it. I just want to commend you for taking something that you were passionate about into your purpose and telling us your story. Thank you for sharing that much about what you traveled through and really looking at what you were going to do with it, how you were going to bring this to others. And I, I think that's a part of where we bring in healing as well. We have a reason that we are doing all those things you mentioned. There's something that propels us forward. And so we're taking care of ourselves for something bigger than ourselves. That really makes a difference for a lot of people. And I think there's really also something to what you said about how painful the UTI was. And it's usually these kind of things, even though the underlying symptoms are there for other things for a long time, the stress you were under, how hard you were working yourself, all of those things, the losses you had experienced, the push and drive, but the pain brings us to another level where the body is telling us unmistakably that we have to pay attention. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's nothing like being completely debilitated from some kind of acute pain to show you that you've got to get yourself straightened out. <laughs> right. Um, and that your body is crying out for help, right? Like pain or any symptom is really a cry for help. But often the cries are kind of whimpers. And so we can squash them with 
an Advil or, you know, right. a this or that and just kind of be like, okay, well, you know, this is not that big a deal um, or something I can live with. And so I really think what's interesting about the work that we do is really helping people to see that everything needs something. Everything is a sign. Everything has a reason. Nothing happens for no reason. I think also something that you expressed really well in relation to taking an integrative or a functional approach is that when a symptom comes up and we just play whack-a-mole with like the ibuprofen or the let me just deal with this inflammation in this moment, that we're not getting to those roots, that we're not looking at the deeper issues which you've expressed have to do with the GI tract and the uh, balances that we have there, the structure that we have there with the immune and inflammatory balance. Are there things that you did to address it from sort of a bacterial perspective in working with practitioners? Or was it mostly making that really clear lifestyle change? Well, both times, um, it's actually funny, I have it on my calendar as a reminder of success as far as the last time I took an antibiotic, which was just over two years ago for a UTI. And I really try to avoid antibiotics given, you know, the different health issues I've had and how much I now understand about how negatively they impact our whole bodies, but mostly our gut. And so it really was, you know, because I was like crippled over in extreme pain and, you know, couldn't function that I ended up taking one. My friend just, you know, middle of the night called a pharmacy near me, heard what I was going through and prescribed me an antibiotic because I had seen her once before. So she was, I was like technically a patient, even though she was my friend. And then I went into my naturopath several weeks later and she said, you know, this is like a very powerful antibiotic. Like you really didn't need to take such a powerful antibiotic for this UTI. And it just made me realize, like, first of all, I think a lot of people who don't take a lot of prescription drugs realize that antibiotics are not created equal, that there are many different classifications, oh, that yes. there are more simple ones, more powerful ones. And also that, you know, I should have been taking probiotics with right. it at the time. And also that there's a specific way to take probiotics with it at the time. You know, it's, I think it's like 30 minutes after each dose and, you know, all these different things like that. So um, I learned my lesson that, you know, you do not do that because I caused my gut much more harm than I needed to at the right. time. And so the the second time I had UTI, which was this two year ago experience, same thing, like middle of the night on a Saturday, you know, I did my own research about the right classifications online. You know, we all kind of think, oh, our doctors must know this. They must know the right one. And some do and some don't. And sometimes when you catch one, you know, at an off time or they're kind of frantic, just trying to make sure you get out of pain, they might overdo it instead of, you know, thinking a little bit more clearly about the long-term impact. You know, they just think about how do I get this person out of pain? Totally. And so it's worth like the second time, I think I did it so differently in that I researched. And then I also really looked up very specifically the, I had luckily probiotics with me, the way I, in which I should be taking them with the antibiotics. Cause before I not only wasn't using them, I wasn't, you know, I didn't know that there was a certain timing that you would do them. Also looked up other ways that I could support my gut in that time period of three days that I was taking them. And Beautiful. I also asked for only, you know, only the shortest dose needed for this particular kind of issue. So I think, you know, that's the last time. Hopefully I 
quote unquote, never have to take antibiotics again in my life because I've done so much to make sure that my gut is stronger. But, you know, should I ever have to or for anybody else listening, there there is a certain amount of empowerment in your own approach to interacting with a doctor in which you can give them some of what you think is needed. And they can always say, you know, no, I think it needs to be this for that reason. But I, I think patients can't just show up to a situation and trust that the doctors thought through all of these things. There's a certain amount of like bringing information and research to any kind of practitioner or doctor about a situation um, in which they can say, you know, no, I thought about that and we're not doing that because of this reason. But also they could be like, oh, thank you. Yeah, I think what you're saying, Adrian, is so key that as clinicians, we don't think of ourselves as God, we think of ourselves as guides. And your role to really help the patient come into self-advocacy. So just as a final point, Adrian, as a patient and an amazing self-advocate, is there anything else you would share with coaches and clinicians to best serve our patients? population that might be experiencing a UTI. I love that you said like we need to just get out of the quick fix it mode that a lot of us get into in that panic because we might not be making the appropriate recommendations in that mode. It's like taking that pause that we have to take in our breathing just to say like, okay, what is appropriate here instead of dousing a situation? So is there anything else you would say to us to say like, hey, wake up and think about it through a different lens? Yeah. Yeah, well, first of all, I think more and more as patient advocates in general as a role, which I think is very sad that we're even needed because shows that, you know, the healthcare system, if it was working, there wouldn't need to be these kinds of like health lawyers or health, you know, that's kind of what I think of it. Yeah. Um, for people that, you know, are supposed to now support and guide them. And, and um, unfortunately, here we are. And I don't really see the entrenched broken healthcare system changing all that much quickly enough for this to not continue to grow as a field. Um, so I think more and more patients will come with advocates um, and also will come with their own research. And so I think functional medicine practitioners are far away from this as far as you know the scale. But can, most conventional doctors, and I guess doctors and practitioners in general, need to, like you said, stop thinking of it as a two-party system, you know, patients over here. And and I ended up working in healthcare for three years with hospitals after, um, not in a clinical setting, but in, on the patient engagement software side, um, working with hospital clients on chronic disease management programs, which was very eye-opening for three years following business school. And even I got into it, you know, I started talking about patients like they were kind of like children almost, you know, right? Uh, even though every one of us is a patient, yes, you know, it's like absolutely. saying like taxpayers or voters, it's always right. like this other, but every single one of us are all of those things. And yet I could hear us all in this healthcare setting talking about these people like they are sort of like they didn't know what they were doing kind of a thing or we were here to kind of like shepherd them right um so I would really encourage anybody to see that we all do that if you work in healthcare, and it, it takes a strong practitioner to think of themselves as a patient when interacting with every patient <laughs> and to to see not only have compassion to try to get them out of things quickly, but to also share and make sure they consider long term impacts of things as well as, you know, short term acute symptom alleviation. Right. And also remember that they need the tools because they only see practitioners here and there to live their daily lives. So, you know, I think a lot of practitioners, if not drugs, they hand them a plan that's like an atomic bomb. You know, it's just way too much for people to. Right. And to implement on their own um, and also to 
not really feel like they're equipped to do it. So whatever you can do as far as like helping people feel comfortable bringing in new research to having everything be really a dialogue, also explaining the why behind what you're doing, not just throwing a bunch of supplements or, Beautiful. you know, whatever, like what everything means. Um, I think patients absolutely love being able to go through blood work thoroughly so yes. that they understand, again, the why and how things connect. That was like a huge thing for me when I first saw a naturopath to, you know, the first person in my life to ever show me how these different things I'd been dealing with were connected to things, experiences I had from living in China to trauma and all this stuff. I think that's another really important one. And then lastly, I think just, again, going back to the advocacy thing, not taking an empowered patient or a patient with a lot of questions or something like that as an affront or a sign of disrespect in any way. Um, It's really, I think, so much better in the long run when patients feel this way for them to execute the program that you want them to do because it just shows they're interested. And so like anybody, when somebody's interested in something, they're going to do it better. Yes. Um, And so even though maybe that initial conversation is a little bit annoying, right, for the practitioner because they're getting so much pushback and what about this and that, in the end, whatever you want them to accomplish, they're going to probably do it better or be more successful in that because of their initial interest, empowerment. You know, even if they have a patient advocate, their chance of success is is much higher. So I would have that in mind when you deal with that, because I know a lot of practitioners think that can be a little annoying or it makes their job harder because they've got to bring in more information, have more conversations, answer more questions by email, all of that. But in the end, if they're thinking about their success rate, you know, getting people better for from whatever they're dealing with, they're going to have a higher success rate with a patient like that and a patient that might have an advocate. So I, I encourage them to think about that. So brilliantly said, Adrian. I think, you know, the way we talk about it here is through the lens of education. It's our job as clinicians to educate and empower our patients through that education, through everything that you're talking about. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you so much, Andrea. I was happy to be on. Thank you again for having me. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, sound production by Rowan Bradley, and production support from Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook. You can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready and waiting for you, just head over to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. We'll drop into your inbox with a short reminder that a new episode is all ready for you. You also have an open invitation to email us. We want to know who you'd like to hear on the podcast and what you'd like to see mapped on the 15 Minute Matrix. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.